Welcome once again to the Prepaid Podcast. I'm your host and editor of prepaidreviews.com, Joe Polakowski. So, this month saw the story, the biggest story of the month was the story we've been talking about for about three years now. Uh, it's the merger, or the rumored merger, or the potential merger, however you want to see it, uh, between Metro PCS and Leap Wireless. Now, we all know the saga began back in September of 2007. Metro submitted a bid for Leap. Leap rejected it a couple weeks later. And we've had nothing but speculation since. And, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of analysts in the industry I've read, uh, believe that it's inevitable, that it's going to happen, that um, both companies are going to realize at some point or another that they can't survive without one another. And while I do buy into that in a way, I'm not as... Uh, forcible about the statement that there's no way they can survive without one another. Um, they each have their, you know, their own business, mo- their own business styles. Uh, they run similar business models, um, and certainly they could survive, perhaps independently, uh, but perhaps as entities of other wireless companies, say uh, Sprint or T-Mobile. Not that that's more likely than them merging, but it's another uh, another alternative, let's say. But we saw both companies get a little more serious in February about deciding their futures as companies. Uh, Leap Wireless started at the beginning of the month. They hired Goldman Sachs uh, to advise them on strategic options. And a lot of people said, well, they're talking about a possible merger uh, with, with Metro. But it's not quite that simple, you see, because over the past, you know, past it seems like it's been more than a year, but uh, it might only be a year, uh, that T-Mobile has been adding more prepaid customers than postpaid customers. Interesting, right? Um, they made an effort in November, starting in November, to really kind of pump up their postpaid plans, especially on the smartphone side. Um, they had what was termed Project Dark, which really isn't termed that much anymore. It's mainly just talk, referring to T-Mobile's new line of plans, uh, which are basically broken down uh, into minutes, and then you can have add-ons for unlimited text and uh, unlimited data. And the idea was to do this and bring in a slew of new smartphones and you know pump up the, the company's existing portfolio uh, and hopefully fully attract people to the postpaid side. And they also bumped up their data network to uh, 7 megabits per second and are looking to do 21 megabits per second by some point this year. So obviously the company sees the benefit in postpaid, knows the benefit in postpaid. Um, you know, you get the, the two-year contract, you get the steady source of income, uh, you get the higher ARPUs, and obviously it's the favored way to, to gain subscribers, uh, at least for the larger carriers. But it seems that people aren't yet, at least, jumping on this this, uh, this T-Mobile wagon. T-Mobile didn't lose customers, but they they didn't add uh, they added more uh, a considerable amount more prepaid than postpaid. Uh, they added only 117,000 net postpaid subscribers uh, and added 488,000 prepaid subscribers. And I'm not really sure what that speaks to, um, considering it's been happening for so long. Uh, maybe it'll just take more than just a quarter uh, for T-Mobile to transition to these plans and for people to catch on. Uh, remember, when people are coming over from postpaid, they're not usually coming over from prepaid. Um, they're coming over from other postpaid providers. 
And that takes time because people who are on other postpaid providers aren't to your contracts and typically don't want to pay the early termination fee, even though most of them, all of them are prorated in some way now. Uh, people still are a little hesitant to break their contracts early, uh, especially when it's to sign another contract. So perhaps in the next few quarters, we'll see this plan catch on a little more. Uh, but for now, the focus still seems to be on prepaid, and I don't think T-Mobile is going to make any moves based on prepaid, uh, just because they want to give uh, their service a little more time to catch on, uh, see how many people they can pull from other subscribers as their contracts expire. Uh, so I mean, T-Mobile has basically put its cards on the table, and I don't think uh, that one quarter's worth of data, especially the first quarter, and it wasn't even the full quarter that these plans uh, were at least were introduced for. I don't think they're going to make any decisions based on that small data. Another company, the other company, uh, Sprint, they actually lost postpaid subscribers, but that's no new news. I mean, that's been happening for, it feels like two years now. Uh, they've been hemorrhaging customers. And what they did last year was, starting right at the beginning of the year, they put the focus on prepaid. They introduced Boost Mobile's $50 unlimited plan, uh, web, text, and uh, and data. And then about six months later, they acquired, almost seven months later, actually, uh, they acquired Virgin Mobile. Now, people are wondering, why would you have two, post two prepaid services uh, under your ownership, especially since Virgin Mobile uh, was an MVNO of the Sprint network. They bought minutes wholesale from Sprint. And it appears that Sprint is making an effort to diversify their prepaid um, their prepaid offerings. And that's what uh, Dan Schulman, the former CEO of Virgin Mobile and the current head of Sprint's prepaid division, um, he talked about it there when they described their subscriber numbers, uh, which included uh, 435,000 uh, net ads for prepaid against 504,000 departures from postpaid. Uh, he said that they're realizing it's not a one-size-fits-all product, and I think we've learned that very well over the past few years. Uh, we've seen a number of companies find success, some from offering flat rate unlimited plans, some from all offering pay-as-you-go plans, uh, and T-Mobile is a straight pay-as-you-go, and they're doing just fine, and uh, we've seen you know, Boost is doing fine too, and they're a flat rate unlimited, so basically the idea that uh, Sprint's going for here is to target different segments of the market with different plans, and uh, it's unknown whether they'll expand beyond just Virgin and Boost, uh, or they'll change the offerings of Virgin and Boost uh, in order to meet these market segments. I did wonder, though, if it was possible in any way that they might acquire uh, Metro PCS, Leap, or both. Uh, it, it doesn't sound too likely. I mean, they have a nationwide network already, so unless they're hurting for Spectrum, which is entirely possible, uh, it, it doesn't seem like they would be in a position to acquire them. Uh, they could just create a sub-company uh, that all makes the same offering just Leap and Metro uh, as it stands using their their own network space. So unless they're really looking, um, you know, to add those subscribers from Leap and Metro, uh, they're looking to basically inherit those companies unless they think there's specific value in those companies uh, that will help them attain their prepaid goals. Uh, I would look for them to make their own offerings before acquiring, uh, but if they think that they need the spectrum, that they think that they need the customers, if they think that they need the portfolios, um, then you might see a move. But now we circle right back to the original issue, uh, being Leap and Metro PCS, is that Metro PCS has also 
higher strategic advisors, that would be J.P. Morgan, Chase & Company, um, they will, you know, take up advisement of Metro in this matter. And looking at, you know, the two, the two of the big four who are both entrenched in prepaid, I don't want to say focused because it doesn't seem like T-Mobile is focused on prepaid. It seems like they're generally doing well uh, without putting a specific um, emphasis on it. It seems that Sprint, you know, the one that's focusing on it, has enough, you know, it's got enough right now where it doesn't need the acquisition in order to uh, to remain successful. So we did have one other kind of big story. It was a typically, you know, February is never a big month for uh, for telecommunications. Um, you know, sometimes we see plans added. Sometimes we see, you know, well, let's say simple mobile uh kind of revamp their plans. They're an MVNO of the T-Mobile network, which is odd in itself. But we really don't get, you know, huge, you know, industry-changing news. But we did, uh, there was something interesting with Leap, and it kind of plays into what we were talking about before about the merger. Uh, they formed a joint venture in South Texas with Pocket Communications. Uh, I was not familiar with Pocket Communications before I had um, read the story. A lot of the regional carriers do fly under the radar uh, for the specific reason that they are uh, you know they are regional companies. If you look over um, at our sidebar and look at the look at the providers review, there's very few actual regional companies. You know, Leap and Metro are obviously there, uh, and they seem to have transcended regional status almost. Uh, they're available in so many markets now across the country. So it's not like one region where they're where they're big. Um, like say U.S. Cellular, you know they are big in one region. Uh, Metro and Leap kind of span the country, but they have they they're spotty over the over the country. They're not a contiguous. They don't operate contiguous networks. So, you know the regional carriers, you know, they kind of slip under the radar, and uh, with this pocket communications, they operate networks in different parts of the country too, uh, and in their south. Texas network, what they've done is that they've teamed up with Leap Wireless, and uh, they've created a joint venture, and basically the the end result is that Leap customers and Pocket customers uh, will get to use both networks in South Texas. So that'll let them roam a little more freely, uh, it'll hopefully reduce costs for people who, uh, who incur roaming charges. And generally a good idea uh, when you're running a a network and you're competing with these nationwides and, you know, you have customers who are roaming decently close to their houses. You know, you, they're roaming on a normal trip somewhere. Uh, it's it's going to create problems. And this is one way that the two companies can work together. Uh, you know, you, if you make a, tr- a drive through the network and you're, you know, losing signal here or going on roaming here, uh, this will help kind of firm that up and make it a more viable entity. Um, the terms of the deal are kind of interesting too. Um, usually I don't, dive into those because they're technical aspects and we're more considering, you know, more focused on what it means uh, for the consumer. But this could have implications too. Basically, Leap bought $38 million in assets from Pockets uh, and then put that into the joint venture. And then both companies put their South Texas assets into the joint venture. And, you know, it's an ownership, uh, Leap owns 76, Pocket 24. And the, the interesting part is if, owner, if Leap's ownership changes, then Pocket is obligated to sell to sell its 24% to Leap. So it seems like they're hedging, kind of. And I wonder what that means for Pocket, too, because with Pocket, they'd be losing their entire South Texas network. So I wonder if there are some more implications in a deal. I wonder 
if this might be a, a precursor to Leap acquiring pocket communications. That's total speculation on my part. I did wonder it, though, when I read the story. And, um, you know, I do further wonder if Leap ownership does change if pocket is going to be part of that deal. Well, you know, as I said, it was a slow news month in February, and uh, I tried to highlight the biggest stories of the month. And I think, you know, we, we saw some, some beginnings this month. Uh, we saw the beginning of a possible another take at the Metro uh, Leap Wireless merger. We saw the beginnings of Sprint's, you know, prepaid division with now Virgin Mobile completely in tow. Um, and we saw the beginnings of what could be a, a strange year for T-Mobile, because, you know, they're... They've been on the prepaid side for a while, and they clearly don't want to be there. So we have something to look forward to. Um, it's nice we get to keep our eye on a postpaid service here, too, because how T-Mobile reacts, how their customers react um, in terms of going to postpaid or going to prepaid um, is really going to affect their overall service. So join us again next month. Uh, we'll hit you on the, on, uh, on the 31st, and we'll talk more about the prepaid industry. So until then, take care.